This is Harry Murray at Murray's Flash Up in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's look at the coming month, the month of June, and we'll see the type bass fishing we'll be getting, and we'll also look at the trout fishing. For the smallmouth bass, we have a wonderful situation presenting itself right now, and this will be accurate throughout the entire month of June. I'm talking about the gravel bars that form along the sides of the stream in water from a foot to maybe three feet deep. This area is now loaded with shiner minnows. See, now these, these shiners will get into the grass as the grass forms at a latter part of the summer. But right now, the only place that's home for these shiners are back along these gravel bars. Well, the bass feed on them like gangbusters. Now, naturally, the bass aren't going to hold on water back there a foot, foot and a half deep. They just don't do it. What they do is feed in what I call a hit-and-run manner. They'll come out of their deeper water further out in the river and swim up onto these gravel bars and chase these shiner minnows that are there in such great numbers. They'll usually grab one or two or maybe even three, and then they'll return to their deeper water. Then maybe two minutes, three minutes later, here we go again. The same bass would be back in there. On a gravel bar of the size, as long as a tennis court, you might see a half a dozen bass in there chasing shiner minnows. What I do, I use the Silver Outcast streamer or the Shanks White streamer, both of those in about a size 4. I get myself positioned so that I, I'll be out in the water maybe hip deep, and I'll be watching those gravel bars, and when those bass come back in there chasing those shiner minnows, I'll cast my streamer out in front of their anticipated path bring it to life right away. I want to strip it out as best I can broadside right in front of that bass. With any luck, you can have some fantastic fishing on this. You've got to be fairly accurate with your casting. I'm using a 9 foot 7 weight uh, Scott bass rod for this, and it lets me cast very, very accurately. So when these bass are back in there chasing those shiners minnows, Go after them and just keep your eyes open because as you're chase, uh, shooting for one, there may be one just off your shoulder doing the same thing. Now, there are some also some bass that feed in the deeper water where these gravel bars taper off into the water, let's say, chest deep. So I've fish that water. If I don't see a lot of bass chasing back up on the gravel bars, I'll fish out in there because the bass sort of cruise up and down that deeper water. Now, I'm talking about water, what, four feet deep, five feet deep. They'll cruise up and down along the edge of those gravel bars to feed on any shiner minnows that have strayed too far from home. Now, the fly I use back in there is the Murray's Heavy Shiner in about a size, uh, size 6. And I just cover the water. See, I don't, I'm not going to see these bass, 
but I'm just going to cover that water out there with that heavy Murray Shiner and pick up quite a few bass. But this is outstanding fishing, a lot of big bass. I have had mornings. Oh, by the way, yeah, this is going to be good. I do this in the mornings, just right at daylight. And then, of course, at dusk in the evening. They, they don't like the real bright sunlight, but they'll play that game. So early in the morning, late in the evening, be sure and keep an eye out for this because I've picked up a number of big bass doing this. By the way, I had a boy in here yesterday that was showing us some of the smallmouth he's picking up on the North Fork of the Shenandoah. I mean, he's catching some big smallmouth bass. So right now is the time for that. Now, another game that's playing out right now, almost ahead of schedule. Fishing the poppers, oh, I, I still like that Murray Shenandoah uh, blue popper. Uh, the poppers along the shaded banks where you've got water, oh, three, four feet deep, shaded bank, cobblestone bottom, play your poppers back in those shaded areas and it's it's well ahead of schedule very seldom are we catching that many fish on the surface right now but it's happening now but look for the shaded banks cobblestone bottom muddy bottom isn't going to cut it sandy bottom isn't going to cut it but shaded banks cobblestone bottom water three four feet deep and shove that shiner right back up against there and give it a, you know, a, a pull, pause, pull, pause type retrieve. And that is turn, coming on much quicker than we had anticipated. And, of course, that'll be going on all summer long. Okay, let's look at the trout. The sulfurs are sitting on the back door of my house that overlooks one of our trout streams. This is the largest hatch on many trout streams in the Atlantic coast. I mean, this goes all the way from the Smokies, and I've fished them all the way up into the Adirondacks. Of course, they're going to run a little later. Further north you go, the later they get. But they are very heavy right now in Virginia, and there are lots of these throughout the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, one evening, uh, my son and I were setting up camp to spend the night, and Jeff took a fly rod and headed on upstream and came running back down and says, Dad, you've got to see this. And he still had his fly rod. I didn't. So we went on up the stream, probably all oh, 50 yards, and here was a long, narrow pool, oh, probably 30 feet long. In that one pool... We counted 11 brook trout on separate feeding stations feeding on these sulfurs. Now, what goes on that late in the evening? You've got duns that are hatching off about in the middle of the day, and that hatch on the sulfur goes from the middle of the day all the way to dark. About two hours before dark, the spinners return to mate and drop their eggs and all that. So the last two hours of daylight, you've got some fantastic fishing because you've got both the duns and the spinners. And these guys are going to get on the feeding station. I still like the Murray Sulphur. 
16 and 18, dry sulfur 16 and 18. Uh, this is really some of the finest dry fly fishing we have in Virginia. Um, I have, I'm tapered down to 6X already. Think about the slack line cast. I talk about this because as the streams drop, you really do want to get a natural drift. I use two different casts to help me achieve a natural drift. One is Vince Menarino's puddle cast where I aim a little bit over the water, stop the rod on the forward progression, so I've got about a 45 degree buffer in there. Come forward on the forward presentation. Little extra line over where I'm shooting for and then stop the rod 45. Now what that's going to do is just what it says. It's going to allow the line and leader to fall in a puddle on the world water. Looks terrible. However, what I have just achieved there, I have enabled that dry fly on the end of my leader to drift naturally just as if I weren't attached to it. Now a second cast that you can achieve this with is the uh, Lazy S cast. That one, I'm coming forward, making my presentation. Have maybe five, ten feet of extra line out beyond what I really need to reach my target. As that straightens out in the air, I wiggle the rod back and forth from right to left. That puts some slack in the line and the leader. Again, it lets my dry fly fall in the water unimpeded by that line and leader. It's going to drift naturally. You'll double your catch once you perfect these slack line casts. So think about these two things going on, both the bass and the trout, because it's a, it's a real game. And don't overlook, on the, on the trout now, don't overlook the little Yellowstone flies. Tremendous numbers of those this year. See, they, it, they really, the nymphs on those things mature on the mossy-covered rocks, back eddies, grass beds, uh, piles of brush back in there, piles of leaves. So basically, the nymph on the little Yellowstone fly is a very fragile little character. And when we get high water, we'll say in any time up to this point, when we get high water in January, February, comes ripping down there, we're going to lose a lot of those little Yellowstone fly nymphs. We have not had that this there at all this year. There's been no water destroying those nymphs, and I'm seeing them all over the place. You could easily tell these uh, flies in the air, the little Yellowstone, they look like they're just learning to fly. They're really not, <laughs> don't look like they're very accomplished. But they'll drift down through the pool, get up off there, and I've had them come by and sit down right on the tree limb I'm sitting beside. I pull my camera out and zap, I've got them right there. But we have huge numbers of little Yellowstone flies. And these will be on for, oh, at least another month. But there are heavy hatches right now in these mountain streams. If you have any questions on this, I'll help you narrow it down. The areas that I'm getting the good vision. Uh, but do be cautious because the streams are dropping rapidly. And you want to use a cautious approach. 
But if you have any questions on this, call me at the Fly Shop at Edinburgh at 540-984-4212. This is Harry Murray, and thank you so much for being with us.